0: Welcome to the Corporate Cast with your host, Trent Daniel, and my esteemed co-host, David Andrews, where we explore the hustle in business, success, health, and fitness. In this recording from a couple of weeks ago, we deviate from our usual programming where Dave and I jump into the conversation around various approaches to taking advantage of the government initiative to allow early access to retirement planning, the Australian superannuation, kind of the equivalent to the American 401 k we jump into a positive case study from this initiative around early access, to then look at the broader discussion around consumer approaches to debt, and hypothesise on what could happen post-COVID. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you soon.
1: One, yeah, one quick one. Just for the like, in. are you seeing many in your circle that have actually used the super fallback, or everyone's pretty?
2: I I don't know anybody um, who has. Look, no doubt there probably are. But you know what people are like, they're not going to really talk about that kind of thing too openly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so
1: that's, uh, that is a bit of an anomaly. And uh, I guess as, as my circle's growing a little bit up here, it's been um, in spaces like that kind of men's development, you know, conscious leadership space. So those particular guys are a little bit like us. They're probably a little bit more open with what's going on a little bit stronger on viewpoints, you know, throw themselves out a bit more. So, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing more guys that are in our age bracket that are quite happy to know down that path, had to, kept the family going, here's where I've been so I appreciate it if we're back in, you know, back in Sydney, the old circle of friends, probably not.
2: Well, I mean, look, with uh, the whole point of the economic stimulus, making superannuation available to withdrawal portions in that last financial year and in this new financial year, That was there to help people who had lost jobs so if you're in that position where you've lost a job you don't have an income you're relying on job seeker but you might have accumulated um, whether it be personal debt credit card whether it's mortgages you know job seeker surely isn't going to pay for what a person who might have lost a job had to cover it's one of the i guess the issues with you know, not an issue, but welfare is not designed to provide a livable income for a family of whatever, uh, a person with a, a lifestyle who wants to or has accumulated debts or they enjoy dinners out and, and drinks and whiskey and, and whatever else. And that's not what it's designed for. So, you know, seeker, while it's a great um, benefit for people to help them get their leg up again and get moving, it's not. It's really sufficient for if someone like your mates you work with lost their job and they have credit card debt and they have a mortgage, I mean, most people's mortgages would be the cold job seeker payment. Yeah, so in those situations, if people are uh, taking advantage of the ability to draw down on super in small amounts. Um, I mean, looking at the, the data, you know, these are a CanStar report came through yesterday where we've seen in the month of June alone, credit card debt has fallen by $1.6 billion year-on-year year for last year. That's a $7.7 billion reduction. It's a 25% reduction. That's, that that's is huge. Massive. And oh, yeah. there's, there's a, probably a very realistic chance that a lot of that has come from the superannuation payouts.
1: Yeah, I agree. And in any other economic climate, it would be this is smart fiscal management on behalf of the Australian people. Or on yeah. the part of the Australian people, you know, getting in and, and trying to make a hole in this, you know, this kind of debt.
2: It's scary to think when you hear the articles talking around that people are wiping out their superannuation. And for me, I'm not saying it's scary that they're wiping it out because they're drawing it down, because they can only draw down. Was it ten grand and ten grand, like twenty grand? What's scary is that there's a portion of the population who only have twenty or thirty grand in super. Yeah, and that's that's worrying.
1: Yeah, and that's that'd be an interesting one to look into as well. Is that people moving between jobs and they have fallen into that that kind of lost super hurdle? Is it? And I know there are cases where it's employers that have fallen short on obligations and haven't mm-hmm. actually made payments where they should have, and there's plenty of that, particularly in the hospitality and uh, high-profile chef space in the past 12 or 18 months. Some extra uh, cases sure. we shall not know. But, it, yeah, I, I think it's, um, it's scary. It's really scary.
2: Well, there's um, the ATO has have been talking about this week, a crackdown on that particular topic, putting out a warning to employers to make good on their superannuation contribution requirements, um, even you know, for past employees and um, old debt, if you want to call it, but um, get that money paid into super, or they're going to face significant fines themselves.
1: It's probably a perfect segue into our first corporate muscle public service announcement being if you own, <laughs> are in small business and have an unpaid superannuation debt, the ATO amnesty lifts in September. So you do have a, a period where you can clear that without penalty, but it is coming to an end.
2: So I know you're um, talking about super drawdowns and people taking advantage of it for. Their situations. I know you had some interesting case studies you want to talk about, mate, when we sort of kick off with uh, your view.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I appreciate the, the opportunity to dive into this a little bit tonight. So we're in really unique times um, and yeah, unique and interesting times call for unique and interesting measures. I think we've got that um, on the streets, certainly in Queensland, looking at you know, kind of pros and cons of the whole situation we're hearing a lot of really simplistic uh simplified arguments so you know uh, people are suggesting look it's you know it's my money i should be able to use it if i want or uh, you know the, these systems are, are in place to you know to, to allow coverage and support to occur so yes absolutely this is this is in the next it should be there um, or you know, the idea that there's there's now more cash being injected into the economy uh, you know time of economic downturn, economic pressure, it's more the
2: system. Well, that's true. It's not just a safety net. It is yeah. a, a stimulus of sorts. On the piece around, you know, people saying yes, their money, why shouldn't they use it? I think there's a part of the implication is that, well, that money's been put into your superannuation account with a, a tax reduction because mm-hmm. for its primary purpose is to set up for your retirement for your future. Anything drawing down on that in the meantime is really against its primary purpose. Uh, and should be subject to taxes on re- redraw as well.
1: Most definitely, and I guess we should probably caveat this as well. With um, you know, no no sane financial advisor, keeping in mind there are a few people out there that might fall the other other side of that definition, but you know, would would suggest taking money out of something like super at a, a time when the economy is depressed, share markets are down, because you're just locking in losses. It doesn't make financial sense.
2: No, oh, I've I've seen it a 20% reduction in my super balances over this six months. Yeah. Not from me withdrawing it, just from the, the value of the market tanking where it did. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And look, I mean, yeah, my, my old man, our parents are a similar age, but my old man's nudging on, on 70th birthday and thinking about retirement and, and that's sort the of thing very soon. And he's probably pushed that back um, on the basis of what's happened now. And you know, not for any medical reason, but just purely the market depression backed on, on super yeah can hang out work another six months work another 12 months clear this it's a totally different landscape it, it's what makes i think this situation so so interesting and, and, and so malleable but i know we kind of covered that end. um certainly on on the against in and around brisbane and the sunny coast you know some of the things we're hearing um that people are misusing funds and there's been plenty of examples on uh Sort a tabloid media around go-kart purchases and new car purchases and that kind of thing that you wouldn't expect to happen. It does. It's people's money. They can use it as they see fit. But I guess the, the biggest one being the potential future load it puts on government and it puts on you know, our kids and grandkids to support this increasing welfare bill. Mm-hmm. If We we all in our you know, 20 studies, 40s, go out and chew through a super. But, um, but you did mention that case study angle and there was one on to float is the work that you and I do and in particular some of the small business advisory stuff, um, uh, you know, I'm tackling, I meet some really, really interesting people and uh, something I think will hit over uh, maybe a few more podcasts is this idea of COVID uh, actually allowing businesses to, to reset and improve. So certain industry sectors that have benefited from, from the situation. I know there are the majority of have taken a, a tumble, um, but, based on the nature of the scenario you know there's a few sectors that have pulled up uh, like the landscaping and gardening section people have been in the in the garden a little bit more they've had some downtime. they might have some disposable income so nursery sales in queensland have picked up due to covid that may not have happened otherwise
2: Yeah, um, well we've seen that in yeah. other economies as well so before we you yeah. step into that case setting and we're seeing that with e-commerce not only stepping up during this period because people are at home shopping and they have potentially more disposable income because they're not spending it in restaurants and and holidays. E-commerce has now, in many industries, replaced even the bricks and mortar revenue. And we're seeing retailers and apparel and sports wearing those kinds of companies where they're now performing at a higher level than they were pre-COVID. And now it's 100% driven by e-commerce and not a drop from uh, bricks and mortar retail. Yeah. So it's changing how we spend the money, where we spend the money as well. Oh yeah.
1: And I know we're, we're going to get into in the coming weeks, um, having a chat about, are those behaviors going to stay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess particularly interesting for some of the work that, that you do, you know, yeah, a payment platform set up to uh, accommodate for everyone suddenly moving to, you know, to e-commerce transactions and how is this going to affect big business? It's, um, yeah, we just, I, I guess the e commerce ones kind of made sense. You'd naturally expect that to, to happen. Um, the interesting flow through one is on, I've actually ran into uh, our local kind of Australia Post delivery guy that does the local area, and I've never seen this bloke so worn out. I was just saying yep. he's, uh, yeah, he's just absolutely run ragged with the number of parcel deliveries. But the yeah. a particular one I wanted to, to have a chat about tonight, just to, you know, but for no other reason to let people know that. There's some positive stories coming out of the situations we've got at the moment. Uh, and if you do find yourself in a, you know, a bit of a pickle, uh, there are ways out. It's uh, some friends of mine up here that we're doing some work with, we in, they run a small business, husband and wife team. They got themselves into a bit of, uh, a bit of trouble 12 months before COVID. So got on the goal um, the really keen to have kids, um, got on kind of that, you know, that IVF treadmill where just spending a huge amount of money. So so passionately driven by the, the goal to have kids, mm-hmm. um, they'd sign themselves up for debts they couldn't possibly have to pay off through the business. And it was, uh, yeah, th- those obligations were going to sink them as a family. So potentially looking at a couple uh, who then fell pregnant um, ending up on the street. So they're in the, in the landscaping and garden, garden developments and renovation sector. But what the, the superannuation withdrawal actually allowed them to do was take 20000 out in the two installments each, so 40000 into the household. Mm-hmm. Because of the COVID restrictions, and you were seeing this through the banking system with whatever you were touching, some of the banks and some of the, uh, I guess, credit card providers and further down that creditor um, a creditor train track, if you will. Some of the you know the, the heavy hitting debt collectors uh, have been quite willing to negotiate. So we're able to work with him, get on the phone, and be a little bit more aggressive with some of their their creditors um, and negotiate them a, a good position because those creditors were expecting to have to do that based on those circumstances. So with <coughs> the the cash that was available through Super, get those debt payout numbers down. Um, use that to clear that. We've actually been able to, able to turn around that household and their business because of COVID. Yep. So it was just, just an interesting look at you know, an upside from, from all of this. this well,
2: I guess that's a good example of where we that uh, cancer article off the back of the Reserve Bank data. Yeah, He's highlighting where the usage of uh, the super draw has been leveraged into... Paying off credit, um, household debt and credit card debt, and by no means we're not we're not financial advisors. We're not here telling people what they should be yeah. doing in this space. In terms of we're not advising to use super for paying off your credit card. Most um often. in extenuating service um, circumstances like the one you described, I guess that was the uh, the difference between a a family that would be uh, facing bankruptcy and financial collapse versus getting out by the skin of their teeth and a, a opportunity to reset for the future that post-COVID brings?
1: Oh, completely. I mean, they were gone for all money, as bad as a, a turn of phrase as, as that is. Um, would have been loss of house, you know, the, the whole bit with the young family. So they've
2: been my really question, do the work. My question would be is what have they learned from this experience and are they going to continue or are they going to have they realise their, their mistakes around, Over over leveraging themselves for the IVF treatment. Now, will they be continue to be emotionally driven, focusing on trying to have that child and funding it with revisiting those debts again? Um, Or will they have learned and focused on building the wealth before they spend it? Um,
1: Thank you for the the question. It's a really uh, really pertinent part of it, and probably the best part of that particular story is, uh, yes, what I saw coming out of it was a husband and wife that are now engaging a lot more closely around financial discussions. Um, they're setting objectives, the their attitude, their outlook on finances. I mean, they're so grateful for the opportunity that they've got. It's almost a second chance. We're I mean, talking about a couple that are, you know, well into their their forties. Um, they're yeah, completely different people to what they were six or twelve months ago. And so, no, I, I don't see that mistake repeating itself. Um, I see their business kicking on substantially just with the slightly different mindset that they're bringing to it um, and so, yeah, they've, they've been given this this opportunity to you know, to do that. Um, and I know there are stories where things have gone the other way. You know, the vast majority of people that you know, that I'm talking to in this space, we're, we're trying to plug holes and re-engineer businesses and come up with new products. I'm short on capital and but I just thought that one was a particularly good one to share. Um, I guess off the back of that, and, and one for you, so we're, we're looking at a falling, you know, that, that overall credit card debt. Do you see that continuing? You know, does did the Australian psyche allow for paying, paying down more personal or household debt over time? Or does this all just revert back to where it is? What's the, uh, the spectre of COVID, Clues?
2: I think the answer to that is a really big fat, it depends. I hate saying it, but it's one of those questions where it really does depend on a number of factors. Um, You know, we look at Victoria, where we are today, and the flow-on effect of reducing workforce numbers in uh, factories and distribution by 33% in the aim of creating social distancing that has a flow and effect downstream in affecting supply chain, uh, which will then affect sales and revenue and economy and other jobs. Um, How long does that go on for? How much deeper do we go in job losses and uh, in desperation in humanity? So while people are reverting away from debt at the moment where they can, desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, Coming out of it, you're going to have a period of, I think we're going to see a period of um, extreme spending coming out of it. We're going to have a pressure pressure valve release, similar to the reason, part of the reason why Melbourne is so badly affected today with COVID. The uh, second wave has been, that they had a very strict policing of their lockdown measures in the first wave. And as soon as they had the opportunity to uh, step out again, putting aside the activities of the security guards with the quarantine guests, the stupidity is what it is. Um, But for everybody else, there was that pressure valve. I can get out, I can see friends again. We can go to the pub, we can go to restaurants, entertain and parties and that kind of thing. So there's that, It's that uh, pressure that builds up under that lockdown um, duress and that lockdown stress. Um, I think similarly, when this all ends and we're back out again and can go out to restaurants and can go out to parties and see people and travel and holidays, we're going to see a lot of people who would be taking holidays and spending the money going to debt because partly because you're going to have that realisation of, well, what if this happens again soon? I miss out on this chance to travel and do the things I want to do. The whole Memento Mori kind of thing, how finite time is and death is on around the corner, could see people going into that credit card debt again and breaking out. Whether that will affect... I mean, that, I think that's how what could happen to a lot of the older generation. Um, your Gen Y, Gen Xs... Um, not so much millennials because they themselves have been shunning debt and steering towards um, deb- uh, debit payments for a long time, using on cash. They don't even have credit cards at all, some of them. Buy now, pay later is about as far as they get. Perhaps they will hold fast and that will kind of maybe steady up the, um, the growth of credit debt post-COVID um, if they can hold fast that. But we never know. They, they might break. They might have that again. Realisation of, yeah, I want to travel and who knows if we're going to have a lockdown again in 12 months. If I can do it now, let's do it now. And yeah, it'll be dead. I can pay it back. It's going to be interesting to watch. No,
1: I think it's a really astute observation, mate. Right? And the emotional aspect of it can't be overlooked. Like even from a personal standpoint, I mean, I'm mean, i in Queensland. Um, we've had it really easy up here Whether I mean, the elements of that are good management element. It's a, bit of a geographic dispersion. Yeah, you know, natural flow, small city centres, the whole bit, there's many reasons. Great.
2: weather, uh, a fitter, yeah. healthier population than you have in CBD in Melbourne?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here still feeling like a prisoner. You know, borders closed, you know, in the last 24 hours completely uh, to New South Wales, family down there, you know, mates down there, you're down there, We're, you know, big milestone stuff in order to do this month. Um, it, 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 eats, it eats at you. It eats at me. Yeah feeling like a prisoner and not being able to do the normal things you do. So um, I get that you may well see that, you know, emotional release at the end of it. We, yeah, we can get out and spend a bit of money. it's going to be something crazy. Yeah. Hopefully if the international borders are still shut, most of that uh, tourist spend becomes, you know, intra-regional and stays within Queensland or on the S&C border within the country. So,
2: no, so very like true. Any,
1: uh, yeah. Local providers would be happy for it.
2: Very true. But I think we're all waiting for, uh, the Australian government to let us travel overseas like um, we can in Europe today. So, I mean, just closing out the discussion around super withdrawals, what's your final assessment on it? What's your final uh, insight?
1: It's, um, interestingly, and I've having a bit of a think about this over the last few days, if another um, instalment or trench was available heading down that path, you know, would, would the Australian public take that up from the, the circles? On the, oh, they the would. Yeah, I'd agree. Absolutely. I think if it was another you know, um, 10 per person and 20 per husband and wife couple in a house mm. per, you know, uh, per try, that, that would be taken up. Um, you know, we're, we're, as you said, we're closing on 30 billion in withdrawals at the moment. There's been some talk in the media about that picking up towards 40 just on the, once all of the numbers are, are through. I don't know if there's a need for more capital, there's a need for more cash in the system, there's a need for a hell of a lot more uh, support of of each other. I'm I'm not one to advocate, you know, the government should be propping up the entire economy. That's not the case. Uh, But where these mechanisms are available, now is the right time to use them, absolutely. For most, there will be time to restore superbalances, to invest back into the market. Uh, I feel a little bit for the... You know, the, the older guys that might be listening to this, that are closer to retirement, you know, people like my my dad, but you know, um, yours as well, who's in the you know the, the throes of enjoying that that stage of life. Oh, he's he's in, well like, retired, and
2: uh, yeah. yeah, he's well retired and enjoying life right now. So, yeah. mm. as, he be. as he should be. Exactly.
1: And yeah, no, I think we're, um, we're, yeah, we're in we're in a crazy time, and. It's just going to get more and more interesting over the coming weeks and months uh, yeah, as the financial hammer comes down on some and others find ways and means to work around
2: it. Uh, yeah, well, it's, um, it's cross fingers and uh, I hope that we have turned this corner that yeah, we are seeing the numbers in Sydney come down again and we've managed to get by on the skin of our teeth without having a, a second wave in uh, New South Wales. Um and that we see Victoria to continue to reduce as well over the coming weeks. Um, which will hopefully mean we can get back to business, get our doors open again, get people trading, people spending, um, and get that economy kicking off again. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So,
0: well, that's a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed that little quick discussion around the financial situation post COVID. You can find David on the socials at David Andrews on LinkedIn. On Instagram and Facebook, you'll find him at Sandgate Advisors. Myself, you'll find Trent Daniel on, at LinkedIn. And on Instagram at Corporate Muscle and also the Corporate Muscle Cast Instagram account as well. Have a good evening and enjoy your week.